Hello, welcome to Circuit and Gear, a podcast where we discuss scenic automation and other interesting tech. I'm Gareth Connor. And I'm Royal Marty. Hey, Royal. Hey, Gareth. It's been another week. It has. This, that means the summer's almost gone. That means the summer's <laughs> almost gone. That's right. Exactly. The dark, dreary winter will be here before you know it. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, so we've had a couple of things going on this week, and... Um, I thought it would be nice to talk about, well, two big things. So one, uh, we had a show up in Boston um, where we used Spike Mark in conjunction with D3 projection software. It'd be yep. great to talk about that. And then I thought it would be fun to talk a little bit about our design process, specifically the software we use uh, in our designs. Um, we get that question quite a bit about how do we go about Bye. designing products and what do we use? What tools do we like? What tools don't we like? It'd be fun to dig into that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. So first up, um, we had a little show up in Boston. Tell right. us about that. Yeah. So it was um, it was for a company called Ice Nine, a production company. They do predominantly video. Um, they contacted us and said that they've got a screen that wants to fly in and out for their show, um, and it's for it was a business meeting for Fidelity. Oh, I was just going to ask who the customer was. Yep. So the, it was the, Fidelity. Fidelity yeah, Investments. The end customer was Fidelity. And it was at the Boston Symphony. Oh, yeah. That's is, a nice old building. Yeah. It's ancient. pretty cool. Yeah. It was like uh, built in like 1903 or something. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. It was a very small show. Um, just an event, a an corporate event. event. Yeah, yeah. 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 So, you know, I'm used to these things being big. Huge. Right. Where yes. you, like, in, like, you get thousands and thousands of people in attendance. Yeah. Um, some of those corporate events are really big, like in arenas. And, right. Yeah. Right. And those are the ones I'm used to because usually those are the ones that they spend the most money on and you know get the automation and stuff right um but this one the only set was uh just hanging video walls and they had and were a, these like led screens or projection projection screens projection screens yep. okay projection screens and so they had a main projection screen that was static and then they had a slightly smaller projection screen that was hung just upstage of that projection screen that was rigged to our spot line that flew in and out and where was the spot line? So we used, we rigged to the house truss. We put the spot line on the house truss and then we used our spot blocks to then go to the the video screen or the, the projection screen. Now the spot line usually only has one cable coming off of it, one wire rope. Yep. So we just drilled another hole in the center of the drum. Um, oh, so two cables so two into cables. the drum. Yep, exactly. And then, and then we have two points to pick the screen so it doesn't spin. Right, exactly. And we used the double spot block on the closest pulley for the you know from the spot line and then a single spot block on the pulley furthest away. Yep. That makes um, sense. Yeah, and then so that setup was, you know, very straightforward. I mean the projection can't get more simple than that, <laughs> right? right? The projection screen weighed like all of like sixty pounds. Right. You know, part of me was a little worried that it wasn't going to be heavy enough for the wire rope. But yeah, to come back in. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, but it was fine. So so then the projection software that the company was using is D3 and we, you know, I have seen Watchout used here. Like we, you know, we've done all of our tests with Watchout in the past, but I'm very unfamiliar with D3. Yeah, it's a popular piece of software. Very popular. It's and, a very cool projection mapping for mapping projection onto 3D objects, 3D objects in motion. Right, right. And um, and so I guess it was probably about two years ago or so, the Alliance was doing 
some pro- a show with projection. Right. And they were they were using D3. And I guess D3 wrote a little plugin to take in our encoder data. Yeah, and that and- I've got a little backstory to that as well because uh when we were first developing the spike mark feature to integrate with projection software, uh, I contacted D3. Right. And we had a little bit of back and forth about best way to send the data from SpikeMark to D3. And we got in a, in, stuck in a little bit of a quandary because I was asking them what format would work best for their software. And they said, well, kind of whatever, whatever you end up doing, uh, we'll, we'll write a driver and uh, make that work. And I, at the time I said, well, I don't know what would work at all. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I need a little bit of guidance. And that's when we picked Watch Out. Um, because yep. both the uh, it was partially because La Jolla Playhouse was using Watch Out, yep, uh, and they were doing a show right at the same time as we we're developing this feature, uh, and also because um, Watch Out had a published spec of how the data should be formatted, right, to be input into Watch Out. But then, true to their word, D three wrote an extension, yep, and that extension can read in the Watch Out output from SpikeMark, yep, yeah, which was very simple to set up. Um, so they had a, I believe that doesn't ship with D3, but if you contact D3, they will send you the spike mark extension. Yeah, exactly. That's my understanding as well. Um, so the, the projection technician from ice nine who seemed very bright about projection in general, um, had never done any automation before, you know, with the, with the projection. So we set it up together. He knew how to set it all up. You know, he knew like the IP addresses and everything like that. And then we got it all operating, um, and very, very quickly. And then we saw, of course, that the, the, the motion was jittery. Yep. You know, it was yeah. not the smoothest. Not perfectly smooth. Yeah, yeah. Not perfectly smooth. And so that was always the point I was a little nervous about was like, how are we going to fix this? Yeah. Because I have no idea. I've never seen this stuff. I have no idea what any of this looks like. Yeah. Um, and the projection guy had an email from one of the D3 guys, you know, kind of telling him like how to how to smooth it all out. And he started reading it to me. And I quickly realized, oh, it's, D3 is just using the PID loop. Right. So they're, they're using a PID loop to smooth out the, the image translation. Right. Much like we use a PID loop to smooth out the actual it's motion. motion. Yeah. yeah. And so once I saw that it was a PID loop, it was much easier to to wrap my head around, right? And like, okay, well, I see what the what you know what this the video is happening now, and then let's adjust this parameter and let's adjust that parameter. Oh, that's nice. So yeah. you just tweak the PID loop, and then you got it working smooth. Yeah, we got it working smooth. You know, there's two there's two other parameters outside of the PID loop that D3 has a sampling and a dampening. Um, and sampling is in terms of time, which is milliseconds. There was no there's no explanation on to what, as to what those values were. Yeah. Um, but they definitely helped a lot, you know, when we, cause we just played around and yeah. typed in numbers and, and went from there, but they, those, those definitely helped as well. So, Oh, that's cool. Yeah. So it was very cool to see that they were using the PID loop and then we got it smooth very quickly. That's great. So yeah. you said about a half hour. Yeah. Half yeah. hour. Cause it was like the end of the day and we had a hard out. We were supposed to be out of there at six and it's like five thirty. Yeah. I was like, Sweet. Right, hopefully we can get this done. But but all the networking stuff worked no problem, right? Exactly. You're able to just send yeah. the data over the network from Spike Mark, from the SpikeMark control computer over to the D3 servers. Yeah, no problem. No big deal. Yep. 
And it sounded like that all worked out much smoother than what we've seen with the Watchout 5 software. Um, I will say that the little bit I've been playing with Watchout 6, it seems to be better than Watchout 5. Yeah. That the, um, even without us tweaking anything on in Spike Mark, just Watchout 6, the new version of Watchout, seems to be working a little smoother. Oh, nice. I still have more digging into that that I want to do, um, time permitting. But yeah. uh, but so far, that looks good. Well, that's always fun. I, it's great to see the uh, Spike Mark talking to more projection systems out yeah. there and making it work. And, yeah. And it was nice to see, you know, D three with our own eyes. Yeah, because we've had people ask, and we've had people call with problems and stuff, and we have, we're kind of in the blind, you know, in the in the dark. Right. Right. So. Yeah, we don't own any D three servers here, so we haven't uh, had any time to put our hands on it. Yep. Ourselves. That's cool. That's cool. And then I guess the actual effect was they had that. So you had this big front screen, and then this slightly smaller screen behind it and the slightly smaller screen ran up and down yeah and they would track the image as it translated up and then hide the image as exactly. it slipped behind the the front projection screen yeah and so i was only there for you know the first day or day two days of load-in so yep. i wasn't there you know i'm not sure how they ended up using it in the show but they were saying that they're only going to use it for imag which is you know just video camera like a video yep. camera feed yep um and so, you know, they would hide the screen when they're not using iMac oh. and then fly it out, fly it, you know, visible when they are using the iMac. Right. Cool. So, yeah. That's neat. That's neat. That's neat. And it's great too to just have another uh another event company that's using the software and figuring out how to Right. how to push the the envelope on integrating automation and and uh projection. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Well, thanks for that. Um Next up, let's talk a little bit about our design process and about what tools we use. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So usually when we start forward, like with the design, uh, that we just kind of sit around and talk. Right. About what it's got to be. Yeah, we, can, we have right? a, some new problem we got to solve, right. some machine or some effect, effect. and we've got to come up with a solution. We often just start jawing at each other right yeah, yeah right, <laughs> right, right right usually at one person's desk right and yeah. then it just starts to evolve from there you know in the past we've always used the whiteboard yep we have a big like, whiteboard hanging in our office with a lot of different uh dry erase markers and we just go to the whiteboard and start sketching up ideas right 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 and then you know with the introduction of uh OneNote, microsoft OneNote. And right. our fancy services that we have that we can just draw, you know, straight onto the computer. We started using that, and that's been really slick, actually. Very I mean, it, cool. It's it's like just having a shared piece of paper, really. I mean, there's nothing fancier about it. There's no drawing tools in it other than you get, you know, felt tip pens of multiple colors, <laughs> right? Right. <laughs> and but it's really satisfying to be able to draw right on the screen with a pressure sensitive pen like that. Yep. But then it's captured. In our, we usually like start a, a new notebook for either the product or the project, yeah. depending on what we're doing. What it is, yep. And we just we start with the first page of like rough ideas, right? And we start sketching, and the, both of us can sketch, and it's captured into the notebook. Yeah, forever. You know, unlike the whiteboard, where we're gonna have some ideas, and then we're gonna run out of space, and we gotta erase them, <laughs> right? And then, and then start drawing again, right? Or and sometimes then, we would we would take pictures of the whiteboard before we right. erased it. Yeah, yep, exactly. Um, so, you know, one of the cooler things that we, that we've done with the OneNote was the package choice job we did a couple of months ago. Yes. Where, 
you know, you and I sat there and we made all of our sketches on OneNote. Yep. And then we went off and designed it without even kind of realizing a couple of weeks later, we went back and looked at our OneNote notes and yeah, saw that it was you know, stunningly our similar. Sketch, our sketch and the actual finished product were very, very similar. Yep. Which yep. is pretty funny to see. Yep. Yeah. So, yeah, that's really how we get the kind of creative juices flowing first is just by doing a lot of rough sketching. And I mean, rough is <laughs> is maybe selling it a little right. with a little too much gravitas. I mean, it is super, super rough yes. sketching that we do. Um, but just the idea is just to get the, all the ideas out on paper as fast as we can about, right. hey, what if we do, you know, put the motor here, put the motor there. Yep. How big do we make the drum? Where do we put the pulleys? How does this, you know, whatever the mechanical linkages are, et cetera, et cetera. Exactly. You know, right. try to get those sketched in there. Right. Think about cable paths and things like that. And then from there, then obviously we got to go draw it. Right. Somewhere, you know, because we can't build it off of these in-depth sketches. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we obviously have to choose like what program we're going to draw it in. Right. Right. Because... How many programs do we have here? How many how many drawing programs? <laughs> we have like a whole menagerie of CAD. <laughs> <laughs> well, like the big ones, I guess, you know, in the 2D space, we've got AutoCAD LT. Yep. Um, and then we have Vectorworks. Right. Uh, which Vectorworks obviously can do 3D, um, but I call it kind of like 2.5D. I mean, it that's a little unfair. It really is 3D CAD, but it's not 3D CAD that helps us very much. Right. Um, and then we have SolidWorks. Yep. Um, for heavy-duty 3D CAD. And we've got, help me out. We got Fusion. Fusion. Yeah. Uh, Fusion, which we is We have a Libre. Yeah. Um, and then like on the electrical side, we have Eagle. Eagle. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so we got quite a, <laughs> we got <laughs> quite a, a menagerie. So, yes. <laughs> That's where things start to get complicated. After we've done all our rough sketches, we're like, okay, first. <laughs> That's the hard step, part. <laughs> yeah. Next step, let's figure out which software we want to open. Um but it, we were actually having some discussions recently about the 2D CAD versus 3D CAD and when yeah. it's appropriate to do which thing. Um, I think we both have kind of similar views on it that, you know, 3D CAD is awesome. You know, right. it's it's what we do all of our major product designs in is we do it in SolidWorks and 3D CAD. Yeah. But there's no denying that the great benefits you get from 3D CAD come at the expense of time. time. Yeah. 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 Time. It. it it takes a long time to just draw the simplest things right in 3D. Especially it seems like when you have like a large scale piece, you know, like trying to draw an entire deck track right. in 3D, you know, with the pulleys and all that stuff is really not worth the effort. No. You know, like maybe drawing the winch in 3D is great, yep. drawing the individual pulley assemblies in 3D, but then when you get to like laying it out and figuring how you're going to build the track box. Right, you would never draw that. Yeah, I mean, I, just, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't, I wouldn't draw that in SolidWorks, right? Right, exactly. Then <laughs> right. it would just be easier to drop into CAD, yeah, either VectorWorks or or AutoCAD. Yep, because one of the things that I mean, the biggest thing that takes so much time in SolidWorks was is every little thing is a different file, right? So, like, if you're trying to draw like a platform, right, in SolidWorks, each framing member is going to be a different file, which is called a part file, right? And then you bring all of those part files together. And make an assembly. Yeah, and that's a really good thing to. We can get into that more when we talk about yep. SolidWorks, but that's a really good distinction. Where, you know, in two D CAD, you you're typically dealing with a drawing file, and you kind of put your entire design its intent into a drawing file. Right. Right. Yep. But in three D uh, mechanical CAD, 
you have part files and you have assemblies. Yes. And then you can have assemblies of assemblies. But it's a giant tree structure full of many little files. Right. And each bolt, every nut, every <laughs> yeah. washer is a file. file. Is its own file. And so it becomes like a, a a database of files rather than a collection of lines and circles. And, yes, exactly. Right? Exactly. So um, so there's something that's very satisfyingly like kind of quick and dirty about 2D CAD. Right. And I think it's good to point out that a lot of times that's great totally just uh, just get it your idea at the end of the day the product is not a drawing <laughs> the product is a physical representation yeah. of the design intent right so get that design intent expressed quickly yep and whatever makes the most sense if it's a one-off project or if you're just trying to lay out a bunch of existing um products yes a 2d CAD drawing can be great. Like, let's not forget how to do orthographic drafting. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The world, you know, the entire industrial revolution was done <laughs> on 2D paper. <laughs> you know, we can make our little they shows didn't have happen. Solid then. <laughs> we can make our shows happen. Right. In in 2D CAD. So, um, so for 2D CAD packages, we have AutoCAD and we have VectorWorks. Yep. Um, I was kind of born and raised on VectorWorks. Way back when, before it was even called Vectorworks, I started drafting in MiniCAD, uh, MiniCAD five, yeah. I think, which yeah, was in nine... Commodore, right? Commodore <laughs> yeah, it was, well, it was an Amiga. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that was a, oh, it. Was on a Mac. It was like on a Mac Centris six sixty AV. Nice, if I if memory nice. serves. Um, but it was MiniCAD five, and that was, uh, I really chose it because it was the thing that ran on a Mac. And yeah. that's what I wanted to use. But that would have been like 1994, I guess, right. was when I started All using right. it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, so that's what I started drafting with. Uh, I did a lot of AutoCAD after that. Yep. Um, and, but oddly enough, when I, when I worked at Mystic Scenic uh, for eight years, they were predominantly Vectorworks. Yes. Uh, so we did a lot of Vectorworks drawing. We still had projects we had to do in AutoCAD. Right. But uh, we did like a lot of Because like the client would tell you, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, and what I've always liked about Vectorworks personally is that it kind of deals with, it kind of naturally deals with filled shapes, you know? Yes. Like I always think of a framing member as a solid rectangle, right? not a collection of four lines, <laughs> <laughs> you know? It's cause it's like, if I lay one two by four on top of another two by four, one is automatically obscured from the other. Right. And in AutoCAD, that usually involves, you know, like... A solid hatch? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, either a solid hatch or you're going to draw the the lines and then go in there and clip them or trim them yeah. or whatever, break yeah, them, yeah. set your dim vars correctly and blah, 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 blah. Enter in some command line crap. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... But you, on the other hand, uh, oh, I will say one more thing. I also really like the way Vectorworks handles symbols, and I like the way it yes, handles groups. Yeah, yeah. Um, both of those things, I think, are really powerful features of Vectorworks that are super quick and easy. Right. Um, and AutoCAD requires a little bit more ceremony over yeah, yes, both of those does. things. Yes, it yeah. does. Yeah, but I, I was taught in AutoCAD. Yep. And then everywhere I've worked, I mean, other than here, we've used AutoCAD, you know, it uh, when I was at Clancy, it was predominantly AutoCAD. Yep. Um, so I just that's what I'm used to, and that's what I've been comfortable with. Right. Um, I've, Vectorworks definitely has its has some of good things to it. Yep. Um, but you just can't 
to me, I can't get away from just being more comfortable in AutoCAD. Right. Sure. And there's definitely some things I like about AutoCAD. I mean, I, I, for as much crap as I give the command line, I actually do like it. It is nice to, yeah. To just kind of start typing. Yep. Yeah. No, that can be nice. I, I find it a little crazy too, though, that like in AutoCAD, you can't mix dimensions. Like, so often I find myself <laughs> needing to like draw some metric parts yeah. in a predominantly English yeah. drawing. Well, because it has to do a conversion, right? Yeah. And so you, the computer's got to do math. Right. So it's really hard. I mean, yeah, computer, math, if math and computers, computers don't aren't really, really good. Go together. That's right. So That's the, you get, you it's like you need up. a calculator. <laughs> I mean, you can't possibly do, do 2.54 times, you know, three inches every you can't time. You have a computer and a calculator at the same time. Yeah. No, that's All just, right? that's crazy talk. <laughs> Where in Vectorworks, you could say like one inch plus you know, 30 millimeters, and it will just do it the math do for you. Oh, that's um, fancy. <laughs> it's fancy. <laughs> um, but anyway, honestly, we don't do a ton. You know, we do layouts in 2D. Yep. Um, we also do use 2D a lot for electrical wiring diagrams. Right. Um, for machine design, we don't typically do it in 2D. No, I mean, we'll draw like quick pulleys and, you know, yes. quick little brackets and stuff like that in AutoCAD. But One-offs. Yep. 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 But traditionally, um, we go to the 3D route. Yep. Yeah. yeah, and so when I started the company, obviously we drew. I drew a lot in Vectorworks. Um, just recently, we kind of switched everything over wholesale to AutoCAD. Yeah, uh, for our two D needs. Yeah, and that was unfortunately really just about licensing. Um, <laughs> Vectorworks was just starting to become a pain in the butt about how we were managing our licenses. Right. Um, because we change computers a lot here, um, <laughs> partially just because we're nuts and we like to work on different computers yeah, try different things and yep. then we have different computers like we both have our own laptops right and we both have desktops right and we each have a couple of laptops right. and we each have a couple of desktops and right it's, it's a little nutty some of it makes sense because we do actually have to do a lot of different testing for trying out our products and software stuff yeah um some of it's just because we're weird <laughs> um but regardless it was kind of nuts that we, we couldn't just tr- easily transfer the licenses to whatever computer i'm using right. today and um we talked to Vectorworks folks about it. And and numerous times we talked to them about it. Yeah, and we said, look, I, you know, it sucks because I've been a Vectorworks customer for 20 years, but I'm afraid I'm going to have to move on if we can't figure out the licensing. And uh, they basically said, we can't figure out the licensing. Yep. So we moved on. So now these days we use AutoCAD. And we've right. been doing that for uh, the last year has been the big transition to AutoCAD. And yep. the licensing on AutoCAD is awesome. Because yeah, it's all online, right? It's all online. They have a little management portal. We can take all of our seats of AutoCAD and transfer them from one person to another in the organization very yep. easily. Um, so that that's really been great. And I've been learning to love AutoCAD um, from the licensing perspective. And <laughs> no, hoping... I was going to say. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm hoping that I'll get used to the rest of it. I know, you were just going to say, I'm learning to love AutoCAD. And I was like, we've got this on a recording. <laughs> um, so yeah, mostly wiring, uh, drawing wiring diagrams, simple mechanical parts. Um, if we have an electrical enclosure that, uh, again, is a one-off. Right. Like we just recently did a uh, custom electronics job for ESPN. Yep. And that was a custom enclosure. And, and, in, in and I ended right? up doing that in uh, in 2D. Yeah. Um, but we still have to keep Vectorworks around because we've got a lot of old designs that are were drawn in Vectorworks and we you know aren't going to spend the time and the energy to, to recreate right. them. So. Right. So anyway, I, I guess the... My final point would be, don't forget about 2D. Don't CAD. forget about 2D. Right? Yeah, it's still a very useful tool, 
pick the right tool for the job. Don't do everything in 3D. Yes. Um, because it's got some got some of its own challenges. Yep. But on the 3D front, um, Royal, what what do you spend most of your day drafting in? So we use SolidWorks. Yeah. Um, and we've used for 3D drawings, obviously, and we've used SolidWorks for seven, eight years now, probably, right? Nine years. Nine now. years. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And um, and so when I started here, I I had never used SolidWorks before. I did use Inventor. Which is an Autodesk product. Which is an Autodesk product, which was good. Um, I used that in school and at Clancy. Yeah. Um, when we would do things in 3D there. Um, you know, SolidWorks is very nice. It's I think it's across the 3D drawing platforms is kind of considered the Cadillac. Yeah. Of the, you know, of them. Of that mid-range tier. And when right. we say mid-range, it's, it might be interesting just to talk a little bit about licensing costs, I guess. Yeah. 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 We, so we just renewed. Yeah. And how much so the two licenses of SolidWorks. Right. So so $6,000 to renew the two licenses for two more years. Right. So the the initial uh, license cost is about was about $8,000 per seat. Um. So sixteen thousand dollars. We just have two seats of SolidWorks, so yep. that was sixteen thousand dollars. Sixteen thousand dollars, and then it's fifteen hundred dollars. It's like a Kia Forte. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And then, uh, and then it's fifteen hundred dollars per license per year to keep it up to date to get right. bug fixes. Um, well, to get bug fixes, bug fixes, That's and just really to it. get the newest version. Yep. Yep. So not cheap. Not cheap. Yep. No, but there are programs out there that are. Much more, much more expensive, right? right. At but, the high end, like yeah. Katia and yeah. stuff. Yeah, but usually, like on the higher end programs, they're buying those for like the simulation packages. You know, like for the FEA, which is like, you know, you'll determine if the part's going to break, right, by applying these forces yeah. and stuff like that. Um, but one of the big things I like SolidWorks for is that you can drive, you can drive your design off of however you want to do it. So like you could like make a sketch and say, all right, I'm going to design around this envelope. And so I know. Right. Like, so you could take like our one note sketches yep. and kind of clean them up in a solid work sketch. Right. And then apply dimensions to that sketch and say, this winch is going to be three feet by four feet. Exactly. Right? And so then I will never get out of outside of those boundaries. Unless you want to. Yep. Unless. Yes. And then at that point, you can edit the dimension and boop. And it changes everything, everything. that I've yep, yeah. that I've said it's related to. Another, you know, one of the big things I like is um, I'll use it like a text document and make equations in that text document, like constants. So wait, so what do you do? So how do you do that? Like you, <laughs> like you open up Notepad? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I open up Notepad. Okay. And then like I'll say like winch length is equals 12. So you literally type winch length equals 12. Right. Okay. Right, right. And like and winch, winch underscore length or something? or is uh, it like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Winch underscore length. So no equals... spaces. Like that's a variable name. Right. Exactly. Okay. Winch underscore length. And then like winch underscore depth, drum, OD. And then, and then I load that into that sketch file. And how do you load the text document into the sketch so file? So in SolidWorks, you can go through the menu and go to like import and then import the import text document exactly. somewhere. Okay. Yep. yep. And so it's always, so then it will reference those. So like when you make a dimension, you pull a dimension down and then hit equals. And then you just start typing winch, winch. underscore boom depth. And then you can put, then you can use that for 
equation so I can put like winch underscore depth plus eight. So then whatever I've got plus eight inches. And what's so to back this up one step again, just to reiterate in in 3D CAD, all every part, every component is its own file. Every right. assembly where you have multiple components put together, right. mated to one another, is a file. So that means that you can take this one text document that you've designed. And that, yes. And you can bring it into multiple part files, multiple assembly files. Yeah. And then at any point, if you want to alter whatever winch length is, you edit just that one text document and all of your, yep. all of the documents that, I mean, all of the components and assemblies that link in that text document will now update. Right. And that's exactly what I do. That's really cool. Yeah. So like, like on the, like on the hoist, like on the spot line. Yep. I started off with that and then, you know, have tons of assemblies and tons of parts. And then if I want to change just the depth of the winch, I just open that text file and then change it a half an inch. And right. The next time I open it, it's all going to be updated. That is really cool. Yeah. Which is very cool. Another cool thing that you can do in SolidWorks is you can have um, configurations. Okay. So like if you have an assembly that is almost the same, but just slightly different, yep. right? Like, like for our, our spot line, we use two brakes. For the redundant brake, we use two different kinds of brakes. We use a Meyer brake and a KEB brake. Right. Right? But, and it's really just depends on which one we can get first or the lead time and stuff like that. Um, but of course, both are different you right know, so like that, they have different mounting holes different they're mounting different holes, sizes yeah, different sizes so like that means yeah. that the shaft is going to be different and all of that so instead of like having two completely different files like two completely different sets of files right copying the entire assembly tree and saying this is the meyer version of our spot line. Right. this is the keb version of our spot right yeah and you can have one you can still have one assembly of the spot line and then inside that assembly have two, you know, have multiple configurations. Right. And so then I can say, okay, well, this is the Meyer configuration. This is the KEB configuration. And when I change over to the KEB configuration, it will change all of the shaft lengths, all of the holes and everything. Everything like that. that you've defined as being related to which brake is installed, right. whether it's shaft length, hole pattern, whatever, all of that stuff will then update as soon as you choose which configuration we're talking about. Exactly. And so... You can see how that would be powerful because, like, if we go to make a change on the spot line and we had two different, two completely different sets of files, one for the Meyer and one for the KEB, then we better make sure we update both, you know, both sets of files. Right. You know, exactly. That makes sense. Yep. That makes sense. Um, and then another big, another big thing for us is well yeah because we use so obviously we use the 3d stuff for all our manufacturing right? right we generate 2d documents off of it which is a good thing to to reiterate one of the great That's things good, about yeah. 3d cad is that when you, you know you model everything in three dimensions but eventually somebody's going to want a two-dimensional drawing that you know is printed on physical paper right out on the shop floor or at least that can be loaded as a pdf on a tablet or something yeah exactly uh, but a, an organized description of the of the drawing laying out the orthographic views dimensions all that stuff right so you make a drawing of your model by basically like taking snapshots of the model in your drawing yeah. file yeah but all those dimensions are dynamic right, right? so if you change a model you don't have to go back and through every page of every drawing and update dimensions. Yeah, that you've referenced that part. It will, the, the dimensions change with it. 
Yeah, which yeah. is just kind of stunningly magical the first time you experience yes. it, especially if you're like an old 2D guy like I am. Like the first time you draw something in 3D and you're like, oh, no, now I got to go update all my details. Oh. <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, no, it's just right. done. Right. Oh, that's Same fantastic. Same like sizes and right. everything. Right. And that is pretty fantastic. That's one of the huge benefits of 3D, of yep. spending that time doing all of your modeling and all your design work up front. Yeah. And similar with the, like the bill of materials, right? So to figure out how much how many bolts you're using or something like that. Right. You know, usually in the 2D world, you got to sit there and count all the bolts. Right. You know, now you just hit a button and it generates the bill of materials right. for you. Because you are forced to insert a bolt every yeah. time, which feels at times tedious, you know, yes. to like sit there and insert a bolt and nut washer in every hole. But the payoff is like you're saying later on, boop, you just pop open, you know, drop in a bill of materials and you can see exactly all the parts you're using, the quantities and the weights. It can do weight calculations for right. you. Yeah. Right. Um, so we do that. We make all, we make drawings. We also take these 3d models and we push them out to our cam software for manufacturing. Yeah. Right. So yeah. if we're going to go on the, on our four axis milling machine we can take the 3d model Right. Out of SolidWorks into CAM. Into CAM. I mean, which we could totally take in a 2D drawing as well into CAM. Right. But it helps a lot. It helps the guys out on the shop a lot to have it in 3D. Right. Speeds that up. Yep. But then the maybe not so obvious thing that we do with the, all these 3D files. Is the renderings. Right. Um, so all of our products have are just renderings. So yes. Like, you, well... You, Let's be clear. We actually make all of we our make, products. Yeah. <laughs> These right. are not just virtual products, but all of our marketing materials. Right. Uh, when we, you know, everything that looks like it might be a picture of a product is actually just a rendering. It's, it's just, just a, a computer rendering. Yep. yep. And so before, something where we can control the lighting, the camera angle, make it look gorgeous in every product shot. Right. It's a rendering. Right. It's just all, it's, yeah, it's fake. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Again, just to reiterate, just, the products are not the products vague, are real, but the, but the marketing, on the website. yeah, the marketing materials are are definitely renderings. Yeah. And what's stunning is when you start looking around at like all the commercially available oh, products yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah, it's discouraging to realize just how few things are actually photographed anymore. It's all right. computer rendering. Right. Yeah. Like my favorite was the uh, the roast chicken. The roasted chicken. Yeah. When we were demoing <laughs> different rendering engines for our marketing materials, we looked at this one that had this ridiculously gorgeous roast chicken. <laughs> <laughs> like, Holy crap. No way. That's a rendering. <laughs> the world's been lying to me this entire time. <laughs> yeah, not even my food is real anymore. <laughs> um, but so 3D is very important to us because of the, you know for that reason. Yeah. Right, because we, all of our marketing material, all of our marketing material yep. is is generated from those exact files. In the past, we used to use SolidWorks. They have a rendering engine built into that, yeah, um, which was great. I mean, it was very nice for us. Um, and but the downside of that is that if you define all of your all of your surfaces, like first of all, all of our products are black, right? Because right. they go backstage. <laughs> so if you make everything black in SolidWorks, it gets really hard to like see what the product, you know see it when you're trying to yes. do engineering work on it. Yep. And then secondly, we found that it was much easier. It was SolidWorks is a complex program. Getting people who are doing our marketing work to do renderings in SolidWorks was sometimes challenging. Yes. And then even if we're going to do it, even if, you know, folks who are more engineering savvy are doing the renderings, 
just like positioning things in a scene that you want to photograph in the rendering engine is kind of tedious in SolidWorks. Right. Because you want to be able to kind of like drag things around, tip them a little bit, skew them a little off axis. And in SolidWorks, you have to define those relationships. <laughs> you have to engineering. type that in, right? Yeah. You're like, I want this to be a 13 degree angle. Yeah. I right, actually 13.2, 13.3, 13.3 <laughs> and a half. Yeah. Um, so we use Keyshot. Yeah, now, we now right? use Keyshot. And we can take in, Keyshot has a plugin for SolidWorks. And we just hit a button inside SolidWorks and it takes it straight into Keyshot. And now those those things are separated. So you can adjust whatever you need to adjust in Keyshot. For surfaces, lighting, yes. positioning. Right. positioning. But it and, doesn't affect the engineering data. Right. And yeah. then you take a picture and render and go to... And, and then, do whatever you're going to do with those. Yep, I can go into material. a print thing, go right. into the web. Go, right. Yeah. And then if you go to change something in SolidWorks and you need to make a new rendering, then you just hit update and it updates it all for you in Keyshot. Right, right. So, so it's, it's an updatable pipeline, yeah. Yep, yep. For really big assemblies, when you have lots and lots of parts, sometimes SolidWorks can get a little sluggish. Right. And SolidWorks has a nice feature called speed pack. So... Like what you can do is you can, if you have like an assembly inside of an assembly and you just need it there for the space and you know that it's all good, you can select that assembly and hit what's called speed pack and it just erases all of the interior stuff. So it gives you like an exterior shell. Like a shell. Yeah. Exactly. It gives you a shell. And so it's not sucking up like memory of try, trying to figure out you know, trying what's Trying to resolve going on all the relationships between these parts. Right. Yeah. Right, right, right. Yep. That makes sense. Yep. Um. Yeah, that's a great feature as you get into bigger and bigger assemblies, being able to turn on speed pack. Yep. Um, and while we do a lot of, like our machine design, obviously, in SolidWorks, the other half of what we do, or other one of the other thirds of what we do here is electronic design. And yeah. Electronics always have to be housed inside something. Right, right. And we do all of that, all those electrical enclosures in SolidWorks as well. And those and are done on a sheet metal sheet usually. Metal. Yep, yeah. and sheet metal... And SolidWorks sheet metal tool is awesome. Right. You know, and we can we can do all of the bins and the tabs and everything straight from SolidWorks. And, and then we can ship those models of our sheet metal enclosure off to our sheet metal shop, and they can just unfold the sheet metal yes, exactly. into a flat pattern. Right. And then they know what to cut, and then they send it to their machines and cut it, and then bend it, and boom. Yeah. Makes it all very. Sl and what's funny is like our sheet, like sheet metal enclosures, for instance. We never actually bother making a drawing of them. Right. We just do the models. We send the models to manufacturing. Manufacturing takes the models, unfolds them, and then puts them on the robot machines. Yeah. And outcome perfect electrical cases. Right. I'm pretty sure they don't make drawings though. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they don't either. Right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> they just leave them as <laughs> leave them in an electronic format. Yep. So you mentioned that. Um, you know, obviously we use SolidWorks here, but you'd previously used Inventor. Yeah. Uh, what are your, are you still, are you pining for Inventor? Do, do no. you miss Inventor? <laughs> are you going to run back to Inventor? Do you use Inventor at night? When you're... <laughs> right. I go home and, and use Inventor. <laughs> uh, no, I, I like SolidWorks. Uh, I've always, I'd always heard good things about SolidWorks and was excited to get to, to, to use it. Um, Inventor is good as well, you know, but SolidWorks is just, it's got that extra layer of polish that I've found, you know, it's, it's faster yep. um, than SolidWorks. I mean, it's fat. SolidWorks is faster than Inventor. Um, Inventor seems to get really bogged down when you start to get more parts and, you know, bigger assemblies. Yeah. Especially assemblies, you know, um, referencing each other. 
right um it has a, it seems like to, it has a hard time uh like resolving those and then another thing that i found was that you know linking the inventor files to like a text document or excel or something you know something where we can drive the constants from is nowhere near as smooth as SolidWorks. Yeah. Um, for a while, it didn't have it, and then it, it's got it now, but it's nowhere It's not near. as yeah, yeah polished. And that was, you know, back in the day when I was demoing different uh, CAD packages to decide which thing I was going to start investing time and money into. Right. Um, I looked at Inventor and looked at SolidWorks and looked at another cheaper package. Um, but when I was ready to make the, the step up to... The, to a more expensive package like SolidWorks or Inventor, that was how I felt about it too. Even way back in like 2006, was that yeah. they're both very good, very competent, but SolidWorks always seemed to have like one more year of polish and finesse. Right, and they always seem to be just a slightly ahead of Inventor out there. Yep. Um, the mates, uh, they've got some very sophisticated mates. Yeah, SolidWorks with- does, and you know Inventor, like you said, Inventor eventually picks them up, but yep. it's like a year or two behind. Right. Um, and mates, just to be clear about what that is, is, when you have all these different parts and you're trying to put them into assembly, how you lock them together. So if right. you have a hole and a bolt, well, the bolt shank is going to be concentric to the hole, oh. and then the head is going to be coincident with the surface of the plate of the that plate. the hole yeah, is in. Exactly. Um, and so you have to, you know, click and define all of these. Um, what I, you know, what I call constraints, but they're the term is mate. mates. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um. You know, but we often go back to Inventor. I mean, like we look at Inventor, it seems like every year or every other year of like, oh, maybe we could switch there. You know, and the big reason we think about going back is just because of price. Right. You know, because we can, they can bundle it with AutoCAD, which right. we're already paying for. Um, and and it's substantially cheaper. And then, and then you're like, well, if it's coming from Autodesk, then we're going to be able to, you know, AutoCAD and... An inventor should play really should nicely play together. together. But they that's don't not really, true. yeah. <laughs> it seems like uh, AutoCAD and SolidWorks play nicer to, with each other than <laughs> yeah, AutoCAD is and odd. Inventor. Yeah. So, and mean, then the other thing that we always come back to too, in terms of analyzing the costs, is just once, you, regardless of which program you end up choosing, you start building up this investment in whatever CAD package, just in all of your work you've put right. into it, all of your product designs, and that's um, you know you can certainly re-input all that into the new system but there's no great cross translation no. thing that keeps all of the design data intact right you might end up with kind of dumb solids yep exactly um, so we wouldn't be able to make edits right you know so if we went over to inventor and we wanted to make a change to like the stagehand we'd have to redraw the stagehand right right and so and you, you do that about across an entire product line and that's a pretty substantial cost yeah um so adds up quickly so yeah, that's where that's where we end up. Yeah, but there's some other lower end options out there. Like yeah, there's like you know, Autodesk has another lower end option, which yeah. you you played around with. When right. You did the ESP enclosure, which right. is Autodesk Fusion. Autodesk Fusion, Fusion 360. Yeah, yeah. and I'm always on the hunt for cheaper CAD packages because it's <laughs> my money that we're paying these license fees with. Right. Um, and I'm always you know I always think to myself, gosh, you know, yes, we make some really cool products. Yes, they're very impressive, but do we really need all of the software power to do what we do here? Um, and Autodesk Fusion 360 looks really cool. Um, it's been around for a few years. We looked at it, I think, in like 2011, yeah, maybe? right. Um, and at first, it was pretty stripped down, but they keep adding consistently 
more and more features to the product. Um, the things that I think are really cool is one, it's cross-platform. Yes. So it works on a Mac. It works on Windows, no problem. Right. So we can use it on all of our computers. We can use it on all of our, <laughs> our wide array of each <laughs> of our computers, um, which is cool. Right. Um, it's cheap. Like the commercial license is like 300 bucks a year. Right. Uh, it's free for students. It's free for startups. Yep. So uh, startups is like a hundred grand, hundred grand under, a year revenue right. or less. So it's pretty aggressively small. I yeah. mean, you have to really be starting up to fit in that category. But if you are, it's, it seems like it's, a great yeah. option. Yeah. Um, it's missing a lot of the bells and whistles. Right. Um, like it's got no sheet metal function, uh, okay. functionality built yep. into it. Um, and then it had, it was a little goofy about like the file structure, right? The files are all clouds, cloud based. So everything you store, you have to store in Autodesk's cloud. Yeah. Um, which, you know, I mean, I, I used to be really anti that idea. Um, and I'm warming up to it more and more over time as more our software kind of goes that route. Right. Um, still kind of stresses me out though. It is a little stressful. <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> um, it has cam functionality built into it. Yeah. So, so, so what's, so cam is computer aided machining. So you're using cam in the term of computer aided machining, right? Right. Yep. Exactly. So, um, or computer aided manufacturing. Yep. Um, yeah. So that's, that's pretty great. Um, for taking like our design files and going to our CNC, um, Milling machine, for yeah. instance. Um, we have CAM software, but it's software we had to purchase. It's not well integrated into SolidWorks, right. and it's not it well is. integrated into itself. <laughs> to itself. <That's laughs> like it's kind quick. of crappy. Right. <laughs> um, so, uh, Fingers the, crossed it won't crash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, the CAM package in Fusion is pretty neat. It's a pretty nifty piece. And as I understand it, like it was actually I um, one of the leading... I don't know, plugins or accessory pieces of software to SolidWorks. And then Autodesk came in and bought it. Yep. Um, so, which is kind of a neat little, you know, corporate struggle going on there. Right. Um, so anyway, it's, it's pretty cool. I tried to use Fusion in, uh, as I like to say, in anger yeah. uh, to design this ESPN uh, sheet metal case. And did you get angry? I did, in fact, get angry. It was kind of <laughs> a frustrating. mad. <laughs> <laughs> it was a little frustrating. Um, it ended up, like I, I knew it didn't have sheet metal functionality, but I was like, I'll just draw this as like a solid, you know, and it will, I'll let the sheet metal shop unbend it themselves. Yeah. Um, cause they can do that. Um, but it was kind of slow on even a fairly simple box. Right. Um, once the sketches got kind of complicated, there were also just kind of, there were just a few weirdnesses that just made it, um, something i wouldn't want to use every day let's put it that way <laughs> uh, something i'm totally keeping my eye open on yeah uh, but at this point i mean because owning, they've come a long way it has come a huge very yeah, long way right? very long way um but it's a little hard to convince yourself to use it if you own solidworks already right um it's hard to to not want to run back to the all the shiny knobs and bells and whistles yeah. of, of, it's also hard uh, to go from driving a cadillac to a kia yeah you know? it is it is that's right <laughs> So, and then at the, the other thing we've used in the past, uh, is a, is a program called Alibre or it was called Alibre. I think it's called like Geomagic now. Oh, it's Geomagic. Cute. Yeah. Like from the nineties. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> and that was actually the first software I ever bought. Cause it was, they had like a, it's a 3d CAD package, similar to inventor and solid works with half the features. Um, but it, 
they had like an up uh, a cross grade price of like 500 bucks oh, for yeah. a license if you had an AutoCAD license. And I had an AutoCAD license, so I bought a Libre. Yeah, it's cheap. It was cheap. Um it was actually a fairly competent modeler. Um it's a little goofy in like it in its um in its mating. Like yeah. the mates are it's very rigid about the order that you can apply you mates. You have to mate and, things too, yeah. right? Um but where the real deal breaker for me was that the the drawings were incredibly slow. Like yeah. making the drawings, letting the drawings regenerate from the models yeah. was crazy slow. Early on, I was doing a job for Harris Casinos, uh, and I spent hours at night just sitting there watching my computer trying to holy crap regen drawings. <laughs> and you're like, crap. oh my god, I, oh my god, this is supposed to be the fast part. This is supposed to be the fast part, exactly. <laughs> so. Um, as soon as I could, as soon as we had enough money, we moved on to SolidWorks, so we yeah. haven't really looked back. So, nice, yeah, nice. Well, listen, the the other thing we were going to talk about today was um, circuit tools. Right, uh, what we do for making circuit boards. We're running close to kind of crazy long at this point. We're like fifty minutes in. You think oh, we want right. to tackle this or put oh. that aside for another day? You want to come back to it next week? Yeah, maybe we just come back to that next week. Um, right. Because I think uh, I think this is we got a, an in depth conversation <laughs> on cat. how we feel about cat. <laughs> we'll see if people like that or not. I tell you what, folks. Um, after you listen to this episode, let us know if you enjoy hearing about our design process, specifically right. like the software, um, and we'll make a choice whether or not we even bother discussing the, uh, the circuit board our, tools, our circuit board tools <laughs> next week. But that was that's the next thing we were going to talk about was um, the software you, we use in the design process for designing circuitry here. Um, so yeah, let us know, let us know if you find this interesting, uh, if you're rooting along for your favorite CAD package, right. you know, tell us which one you like, tell us which one you like, <laughs> we could put up a little poll, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but thanks everyone for listening. Uh, if you like the show, please rate us on iTunes. It's the best way for people to find out about the podcast. Tell your friends. Yep. Pass along the word on Twitter, on Facebook. Facebook. Yep. Yep. All those things. But, uh, until next week, thanks a lot folks. Th thanks guys. <laughs>